Welcome to your weekly dose of comedy with your host, Dana Pereira. Where's our participation trophy? What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Where's Our Participation Trophy. I'm Dana Pereira, and my guest today is a ray of sunshine. I have Heidi Aldridge. Hello. That's so sweet of you. <laughs> yeah, well, you are. I mean, just like your face, everything is just like bright about you. You have like a, an essence about you. And oh. I feel like that's kind of on purpose now. It's a choice, right? <laughs> that's true. Very much nowadays. Hasn't yeah. always been like that, but yes. So tell me a little bit about your background, your story, and what you do. Oh, yeah. That's really broad. It's very broad. I know. I'm like, yeah. you know, what? I'm just going to sit back and relax <laughs> yeah, exactly. here for half an hour. You take over. <laughs> okay. You know, and that's really different from my podcast where I let my guests take over and I just sit back and listen. So you've got me this time. Um, take you back. I, yeah, I, well, right now I'm a wife and a mom and a grandma and a loving, loving life. And I'm a podcaster and I'm a motivational speaker. But before that, a long, long time ago, when I was a kid, I really struggled, especially with self-esteem. Mm -hmm. I was bullied really bad to the point that I thought the world would be better off without me, without having to look at my ugly face, you know? Uh -huh. And so growing up that way, it kind of does stuff to you and kind of convinces you that all those outside voices are right. And uh, yeah, I was really consumed with kind of myself and feeling sorry for myself and struggling to be able to figure out and navigate life. And then a couple days after Thanksgiving, my dad took his own life. I was 16 years old and he died by suicide. And I remember his suicide note says, now everybody will be better off uh, without me. Mm. And that yeah. is so not true. And not. he's missed a lot over the past 30, 30 something year, 32 years now. Yeah. And, uh, the world was not better off without him and it's been a struggle, but it, it kind of woke me up at the same time. Mm -hmm. So I guess I could say I was kind of grateful for the wake up call and I just went back to high school and was like, wait, who are all these people that might be hurting and, and sad? And and I wasn't being bullied anymore once I got into high school. I think I grew into my looks a little bit more and had good friends and I just ran with it. I just took advantage of that time and ended up you know, being a speaker at my high school graduation and drama club president and just kind of was able to finally flourish a little bit and be able to think outside myself and help other people and be friends with others that's really so if you don't mind me asking what exactly yeah. were they bullying you for like <laughs> what were they saying to you that yeah. you know that got under your skin so much it was pretty bad i had features bigger than my face <laughs> and i was definitely one of those freckle face glasses braces you know big nose kind of people it was just that typical 12 and 13 year old and it took me a long time to grow out of that <laughs> yeah so. well there's like an awkward stage <laughs> yeah. right like so yeah. I think I was in that for a way too long. Yeah. <laughs> and have... it's hard. I still see that person in the mirror. You know, I have to tell myself it's okay. Yeah. Like, you know, but it's yeah, hard. I definitely struggled uh, with self-esteem and stuff like that. I mean, I got a lot from the boys about how flat chested I was, oh, you know, yes. like it was any of their damn business to tell me. I'm like, <laughs> I know I have nipples and that's it. You don't need to tell me that. I can, I see that myself. <laughs> And I was made fun of for being too skinny, you know, which I'm like, man, I would love to have that problem now. But just, oh, you're bony and skinny and you're going to blow away and you look oh, like a pole, you know, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. So I how do you drink out of a too. cup? 
They'd ask me. Yeah, it was terrible. So that's yeah, no. So I didn't break a hundred until after high school. So I was a very skinny kind of person oh, also. Same. And I remember adults even being like, you don't know how good you have it. When you're older, you're going to wish that you had the metabolism you do now. And <laughs> damn it, they were right. <laughs> yes, totally. I know. <laughs> That's so true. I feel like that too. I'm like, I need to go back to my old self and be like, yeah, those two cheeseburgers, fries, and a Coke you would drink all the time and eat all the time. And it's catching up to you now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did yeah. not back then, but. <laughs> Mountain Dew and Pop-Tarts was yeah. like my go-to. Like every yes. morning I had a Mountain Dew at pop and Now if I even sniff a Pop-Tart, it's like my. <laughs> My metabolism <laughs> is like a sloth, like, it's going to take you eight so... days to digest this. <laughs> so true. You're going to have to work out three extra days. Yeah. No, I, I hear you. I, I was like that. I was like five foot seven and weighed 110 pounds, you know, until I had my third child, you know? So I don't know what happened when I got older. It just stopped. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. The I'll only thing I miss about again. high school is my metabolism. Yeah. The weight. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Yeah, good old days. Yeah. The good old days. Yeah. So um, I know we were talking about your father a little bit. And did you were you aware of any of the struggles that he was going through? Because I I have a, a cousin who also died by suicide and he left four children behind. Yeah. And you know, everybody says like, I didn't see the warning signs. They were so happy. They made plans to do this. He, he was going to come visit me next month. And, and I'm like, yeah. well, that's kind of the point. They, they kind they hide it. Yeah. They do yeah. that on purpose exactly. to mask it. Uh, did you know any of the struggles that he was going through? We really didn't. And I mean, there was five of us. There was me and my four younger brothers that he he left and my mom, of course, too. Um, yeah. And, and even in my own mind, thinking about taking my life, it was never something I told anybody because to me, it was just the answer. And there wasn't really any reason to talk about it because it was the only answer. <laughs> so yeah. what is there to discuss? And so I think in his life, he was definitely facing some demons that he was having to deal with and i think at that point you know my parents were talking about getting divorced and trying to figure out navigate that right and we ended up going to visit some friends for thanksgiving and my dad was home alone okay. and to me that always has been a reminder every year at thanksgiving like what if somebody would have reached out and like invited him over like yeah. I know we couldn't necessarily because we were with friends, but I always wondered because the police said they found like a TV dinner in his trash, like a little turkey TV dinner. Like and I think man. of all, yeah, exactly. And I think of all the days to be alone, you know, on that Thanksgiving day when, you know, you want to think of all the things you're grateful for. And he probably just spiraled into all the things that were wrong in his life. And I really think that was probably the catalyst that kind of put him over the edge. I mean, we'll never know what was in his mind right. and his journals and therapy and counseling never led on to anything. And so I don't know if it was kind of a quick solution to the pain he was in on that Thanksgiving day. Yeah. Like at that moment yeah. and who knows what it would have happened if he pushed through 30 yes. seconds longer. Yes. I always, I daydream about that. I always yeah. wonder what would have happened, especially if someone could have reached out 
yeah, we'll never know. But yeah, if he could have just realized that it wasn't just that moment, that there were so many more moments coming that were going to be better and maybe even harder, but still better. And he just couldn't see it at the time. And so that's just something I'm really, really passionate about now is just making sure people understand to just hold on and that we just don't know what's coming, but there's going yes. to be good in there somewhere. You know, I always have to remind myself because I've been there. I've had the thoughts. I nearly followed through at a point. Um, and since then, I've had so many good things in my life happen. And that's a constant reminder to me is that no matter what you're going through at a certain point in time, it does always get better. It sounds cliche. I know it really does. <laughs> I think the hardest part is recognizing that you have the power to make things better. You have a choice to make things better. You, you can leave situations, uh, relationships that are toxic jobs that you hate, uh, nothing is, is worth your life. And you know, the, the love that you have for your family and your friends and all the good stuff. Um, so tell me a little bit about your journey and how you like to help people and the things that you talk about. Yeah, you're right on track with all that. That's exactly what I do. I struggled. I got married young, you know, young people would say I was just out of high school. I met an amazing man and got, got married right away and had a child right away. And so, and then my child's gone on to get married young and have kids, you know, so right. it's been an amazing life. It's amazing. 30 years married to the same wonderful man. And I just was always the type that was going to be happy when I graduated high school, was going to be happy when I got married, was going to be happy when I had a kid, was going to be happy when I got a new job, built a house, got a new car, whatever it was, it was always dependent on the next thing. Yeah. And then I get that thing. Okay, well, it's still not happy. So I guess I'll have another kid. Maybe that'll do it, you know, and it was just constant looking for that thing to the point where I was about 27 and I was dealing with infertility. I had two kids like at 19 and, and 21 years old and then had six years without being able to have another child and kind of does something to you. Infertility oh, yeah. is a beast that mm. nobody should have to endure. It was, it was terrible. And of course you feel selfish because you're like, I already have two. What am I whining about at the same time? So there was that. But I remember complaining to a friend of mine and again for the millionth time and she finally just said, I've had enough. I can't be around you anymore. You're just, you're too much, Yeah. you know? And I realized that I had been for pretty much since high school graduation, those 10 years of just waiting to be happy and letting it be dependent on the next thing. And, and I remember when she said that, it kind of woke me up like, you mean I could just be pleasant right now? <laughs> like, I don't have to be this yeah. negative person. <laughs> like, I can change that? Like, it just sounded like so unusual to me. I was, I was really surprised. And as I kind of looked out in the world around me, I was hearing stories of, and back then, you know, there was Oprah or different, you know, like those kind of talk shows and, and different things this is in the nineties. And you just kind of hear about these inspiring people. And I was like, I want to hear more, you know, I want to hear more mm -hmm. inspiring stories. And so I went to a radio station and pitched my idea of like, can I have a radio talk show where I interview inspiring people? people who have gone through something really hard and they're still happy about it. And they're like, sure, go ahead. So a month <laughs> later, 
I had a radio you talk show. with determination. You're like, I am going to convince you. And they're like, we're going to do eh, whatever. Yeah, sure. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Let the crazy lady have her show. Yeah. And so at the time, it just was very fitting lemons to lemonade. That was just kind of that cliche saying, but it was really no better description of like taking a challenge and making it better. Like it was just. And so I started Heidi's Lemonade Stand in 1999 and I did it for a year had a radio talk show every week and interviewed some of the most amazing people. So you were like a podcaster before podcasts right. were a thing, I really right? was. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I did a little bit harder way to get on the radio. That was usually hard to just start a radio talk show, but they saw something and saw that the hopeful, hopefully the hope that it would bring to people and the peace and joy and inspiration it would bring to others, which I hope it did. It's hard back then behind a microphone and even now to know the effect you have, but yeah. hopefully it helped people and it helped me most of all. And it was so inspiring. And after that, it was really hard to go back to that negative person. And I had my miracle baby. I just I was like, well, I really can't complain now. I was able to get my third child and a beautiful life. And it's just been, I want to stay at that vibration, that higher level of happiness now that I you know the just... difference took the words right <laughs> out of my mouth because I do believe whenever you are vibrating up here and then you just attract all of this yeah. other good stuff. Yeah. And whenever you're vibrating down here, you're unable to even open yourself to something that could be better. You, and I feel like that's probably one of the hardest things that I have. I do have a friend who she's, doesn't allow herself to be happy. Yep. And I find it very difficult sometimes to be around her, to yep. talk to her because it, and especially because she'll compare us, she'll say, well, we came from the same place and then look at you and look at me. And I'm like, well, you had a choice in that. And you still do. You're not dead. You're not six yeah. feet under yet. So yeah. why don't you pick yourself up by your bootstraps, make a better decision, and we'll move forward from this. Yes. Yes. That is the whole thing. It is a choice. And you think that it's not, but it is. Like, I didn't have anything happen. I just decided I could be happier without waiting for a thing because that wasn't working. You know, yeah. waiting for that thing to make me happy never, ever worked. I just wanted the next thing. And so it was like, Maybe happiness isn't a place you get to. Maybe it's not a destination you arrive at. Maybe it's your car that you're traveling in. You know, maybe it's your actual, the road you're on. You know, happiness is just there all the time. You just have to recognize it. So yeah. now I teach that all the time and I love it. I'm a motivational speaker and I teach people about how to elevate that in their own life, no matter what they're going through. And I have amazing examples of my podcast now because I started that in 2020 it was time to bring back the radio show 20 years later, break. I'm like, Love it. Raise that third child. I'm like, okay, now we're in a pandemic. I think we need the lemonade stand again. So <laughs> yes. yeah, opened up the lemonade stand in 2020 and it's been incredible. I've interviewed almost oh, I like 198 people now. So almost 200 wow. people now. Wow. Yeah. That's so, incredible. Are there any... a lot of a lemonade makers that I've enjoyed? Do you from. have any standout stories that just like, really put a smile on your face when you think back on it. I mean, 198 people to choose from. You have to have a lot. Yeah. yeah. And it's one of those, I have people ask me that, like, what's your favorite? I love you how you said standout story because favorite is like telling people your favorite child, you know? Yeah. So it's like, they're all like amazing stories, but a standout story are, are different because those are ones 
for me that personally affected my life when I heard it, you mm -hmm. know, that I was just like, and, and it might not be for somebody else listening. And so it's totally. been incredible to me to learn from these people. I'm like, wow, okay. They went through that. I can do that. And, and a lot of it is like addictions, you know, people who have overcome addictions and now work in addiction recovery centers to like help, help other people. And they just get it. They relate. Yeah. Or, um, you know, mother who's had her son die, you know, and how she now has a support group to help grieving parents, you know, cause she just gets it. She knows the whole thing, the whole thing. It's not a therapist that you go talk to. That's like, yeah, that must be really hard. You know, she's like, no. And then did this happen? And then you felt this way. And then, you know, so yeah. she just gets it. And so there's just been stories like that, you know, people who have wanted to take their own life as well and just fought through and lived and now written a book or started coaching people to elevate, you know, their life and appreciate what they have. And just, oh my goodness, so many, <laughs> so many. So many. Yeah. So I know for me, and I've been doing a lot of work on myself for, you know, a decade now. And some days I have to grasp at the smallest straw. Smallest. Yeah. And, you know, because, you know, we're not always going to have great days. Shitty things are going to happen. Bad situations are going to happen. Especially I have four children. You can't keep them all in a good mood all the time, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> so true. And, and my teenagers, I have two teenage boys. They have hormones going all over the place. And, you know, so, I mean, something that I've realized is that, like, I might be like, ugh, shittiest day ever. And this is the silliest thing to grasp at, but I had the best cup of coffee this morning. Like the <laughs> yes. sugar to cream ratio was like mm, spot on, oh, you know, that. like I love that. drink it so in much. silence and stuff like that. Like yeah. what kind of tips do you yeah. give people whenever they are struggling through what can often be a sometimes mundane life before they yeah. make that next choice or get that next boost to, yeah. you know, jump into that happiness zone again. Oh, I love that you said that because it's exactly that. And I call it giving an award, giving an award for the best cup of coffee today, you know? And so I have an actual notification on my phone that reminds me to give an award and so it'll go off around noon or one and it's about the middle of the day. Mm -hmm. And I'll think to myself, okay, has anything happened today so far that I could give an award as like simply the best whatever I've experienced today? And yeah. if maybe it hasn't, it's been kind of more mundane morning. Well, what's coming the rest of the day? And now I'm searching for something that I can give an award for. And it could be something as you know, you you walk to go get the mail and see really pretty flowers in someone's yard. That could be mm -hmm. the award like for the day, or it could be anything. And so that's the fun part about it is just looking around the world you live in and appreciating what you have and just elevating that gratitude a little bit more by focusing on what's the best thing about this day. And some days are harder than others. I get it. Like we live <laughs> sure. in a life, but there's always good in every day and yeah. amazing things that we can be grateful for, even in our worst, worst, hardest times. And it's amazing when you look for it, but you have to look for it. So I, that's why I have that reminder. <laughs> yeah, that's a great reminder. And I think also with social media, and let me know how you feel about this. We now live in a world where people are comparing themselves Absolutely. 24 hours a day, seven days a week to somebody else's highlight reel of right. their life. Right. And because we can't see past their 
35 second reel on Instagram, you know, it's hard to imagine like, oh, they made that reel and then they got off and had a fight with their husband or their cars in the shop or, you know, their dog just died, whatever it may be. It's hard to see past into a person's real life when they're looking at that. And I do see that like so many people seem to just be comparative and down on themselves over stuff like that. Do you ever um, give advice to people on that? Oh, I'm so glad you said that. Um, I I have like a general, I, I love this because the same thing was happening to me. You know, there's especially one person that I would, and, and I try not to follow a lot of celebrities and extra people. I just try to follow people, my loved ones, family and friends. Mm-hmm. So it's not very often I get that feeling, you know, cause it's like, oh, they're kicking it. They're doing, they're doing, you know, they're traveling, they're doing this good for them. And you can just be happy for them. But I remember one time this friend of mine who I'm not necessarily jealous of, but man, she can cook, you know, and she <laughs> takes pictures of these gorgeous creations, these cakes and pies and this one, I'll never forget it. She had like this zoomed in picture of this gorgeous pie, you know, perfect, perfect lattice. And I was like, oh my gosh, she amazes me, you know? And I'm like, that's so not fair. And how could she be so good at that? (laughs) (laughs) That moment of like jealousy of like, oh, and then you swipe to the next picture and she, she shows the outtake, you know, in her kitchen, like her counter, like she had just cleared away enough flour off the counter, to like snap that close up of the pie. But when she zoomed out and her counter had the biggest mess, I'm like, it's going to take her an hour to clean up that mess of flour and dishes and the rolling pin and all the ingredients, all the stuff. Yes. And it's like, wow, I could have gone on thinking like that pie just appeared there like magic and it uh-huh. didn't take any effort whatsoever. But I was she so grateful that she showed the real perfect lattice. <laughs> yeah. And it just appeared. I know. Right. And so it was really cool to actually see that kind of that second picture and go, oh, yes, that's a good reminder. This is not reality. And we just have to keep telling ourselves this is not reality, even though it's a snapshot of this zoomed in thing that is real. Right. It's not the whole picture. We're not seeing the whole picture. And so we have to just kind of step back from situations and, and feel what we're feeling, you know, like, what am I feeling seeing this picture? Is it make, is it elevating me? Is it making me like in and tight and constricted? Or is it making me full and open and, and pleasant, you know? And so kind of pick the things that you choose to see, but also tell yourself, this isn't real. Like, this is not, this is a close up. And like you said, kind of just, they probably just had a fight or they probably have a big mess to clean up or their life isn't blissful all the time. Yeah. And I love if we can just all try to be a little more authentic and share our realities a little bit more. I think that would take that away as well. But everybody's afraid to do that because they want to come I across as they have it that. all together. <laughs> yeah. So th- that is my favorite. Those are my favorite people to follow on yeah, social media right the now. The real ones. Are the real ones. They're showing you. Now, there's also the real ones that, you know, like kind of like makeup situations or stuff like that. However, I did have a woman on the show um, maybe a, two months ago or so, and she was an addict. And she now hosts a show called Sober Exposure. And I'm talking to her and she's she used to be a, a radio DJ and stuff like that. So she had like a lot of cool stories. And I was talking to her and she was like, oh, no, I relapsed six months ago. Mm. Like she's she's like, I don't need to be perfect to give advice or to help somebody or to share Absolutely. my story. I can still fuck up. I can still 
I, I messed up six months ago and then I got back on the horse and I said, all right, day one, here we go. Yeah. And yeah. I love that because yeah. that is real. Relatable. Relatable Very and relatable. makes you want to be around that person more. That's exactly. And I always joke that like people in my past life wouldn't believe the things I'm talking about now because I was such that negative person, you know, that they're yeah. like, now you're giving advice on happiness. Like, <laughs> it's like, well, that's exactly why you should listen. I've been there. I've gone through the process. I know what it takes and I know you can change. And I know a lot of it is just in your mind. Well, most of it is. It's how you think of situations. And so it kind of goes back to your question with the social media. It's it's how we look at things and judge it as good or bad, you know? Mm -hmm. And so we have to stop labeling everything and just let it be what it is. It just is. It's just a picture. Right. Move on to the next one. You know, we don't have to be like, oh, because they have this good picture. My life is bad. There's no connection there, you know? So we have to just stop making that connection as like... Somebody else can have good things happen to them. It doesn't discount you and your life. You're not yes. the same person. A hundred percent. I like how you just said that you're not the same person because as a, as a person, like I said, I, I've been working pretty hard on myself. I'm not the same person I was a decade ago. Decade ago, right. me was a nightmare. <laughs> I, and, and, you know, my husband and I have been together 12 years. I was just telling a story about, I was abusive. I wasn't like punching him or anything, but when I got mad, I threw things. That's Mm -hmm. what I, I threw a bottle of wine against the wall. That is abusive behavior. Mm. I called him names. I went for the jugular abusive behavior. And I remember my son came out of his bedroom and he saw like the wine stain across the wall. And I was like, oh my God. And that wine stain was on the wall for six months, maybe Mm -hmm. until we were able to clean it or we were remodeling the house or something. But I had a constant reminder Mm -hmm. of the really terrible reaction that I had instead of like sitting with it. And that was a good lesson for me. And, you know, now 10 years later, I have the capability to make different choices, to sit with something. If I get mad at my husband, I'm like, can I please have some space? You know? (laughs) Yeah. You're like, believe me. (laughs) Yeah. So choices, you're able to make different choices and become a different person. I don't like it when people say like, oh, well, he did this thing 10 years ago. So that makes him terrible forever. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Seriously. Big pet peeve of mine, Uh, you know, or he made me feel that way. You know, I'm like, "Mm, I don't think he can make you. you Yeah. yeah, Like you get to decide you want to feel that way or not. Uh So yeah, I'm the same way. That's why I try to teach people that even things we think, you know, that we have to question our thoughts too, because we get raging or something. And it's like, what is really happening? (laughs) Cause it's not just that moment with your husband that made you so mad, you know? So you have to kind of take that step back and go, what is really going on in my life right now that I am projecting this behavior right now in this moment? Mm-hmm. Cause it's a little extreme for the moment. Yeah. So we have to step back and really question our thoughts and what brought us to that moment in time and, and own it. Go, you for know what? Sure. I'm not thinking straight and I am believing these negative things in my head. And that's a big problem is we have a thought and think, oh, it must be true. I thought it, 
That is not true. In fact, it's usually not true if we thought it. (laughs) Yeah, we lie to ourselves all the time. We are our biggest critic. And I think a lot of times too, we have to unlearn things that kind of we grew up with. Like for me, I lived in a household where I witnessed abusive behavior and that is what I learned love was. Oh, you're a married couple. You get mad at each other. You throw things at each other. You go for the jugular. You drag people down the driveway. The cops come to the house, you know, like that's what I witnessed. And that's what I as I was growing up, thought that you did. Yeah. And then you learn like, no, no, (laughs) healthy relationships, not like that at all. (laughs) Right. But then it's still like is in you. And so even though you know the difference, you know, you'll get in that heated moment and you revert back to kind of what you remember as a kid too. Even though your goal is to, I will never do that, you know, like I know better now it still is in there and you can sometimes revert back to that. So it's good when you can be super aware that shows a lot of intelligence and emotional growth when you can just stop in the moment. Okay. You know what? This isn't the best reaction for this. And what I've learned is that most of the time the situation isn't as bad as I think it at this time too. Mm-hmm. Like if I literally, I know the, the old, you know, thing of just, Oh, take a breath and step away and take a break, you know? And it's like, no, that actually is good advice. You know? like, <laughs> it really does help. <laughs> I mean, I hate to say it, it's as basic as that, but one thing I've learned even lately is to start playing out different scenarios. So when I'm upset or even recently, you know, something happened where my husband backed over my brother's main water line in his driveway as we were leaving. Whoopsie. <laughs> yeah. So there's a geyser. We're completely soaked, you know, trying to like fix it. It's 6 a.m. It's pitch black outside. We had to call my brother and be like, sorry, we just did this. Call the plumber, the whole thing. And my husband's just spiraling into like, oh my gosh, and I can't believe this, this is the worst thing ever. And I feel so bad. And the water's gushing down the road. And we're just like, uh, uh. Yeah. And then it's like, hold on. And when we started doing the but at least game, you know, it's like, yes, this happened. But at least our car wasn't damaged. Like we could drive home still. So that was good, you know. Yeah. But at least it didn't flood his house, you know. He has this gorgeous million dollar home. Like it was out in the road, you know. And yeah. we had to just sit there and we just bounced back and forth. And sometimes you get crazy, but nobody was hurt. Nobody died, you know. And you just sit yeah. there and go, but at least, but at least. And within about 20 minutes, by the time the plumber got there to turn off the main water, we were like, okay it's fine. You know, and it was fine. It was fine all along. And that's my point is it was fine all along. In the moment, it seems like, oh my gosh, there's a geyser and this is traumatic and the main water lines now shut off and you know, the cost and yeah, it did cost us and had to have a plumber come out and fix it. And the water was off for a few hours, but, but at least (laughs) everything was okay. (laughs) <laughs> what a great, I mean, I've never heard of that before, but what a great concept, yeah. but at least, but, but at least it's so easy to yeah. apply to situations and man, I'm going to start doing that. Cause it feels like it would really, <laughs> really help. It really in- does. It's great. You can't say it to another person. Cause that's the worst part. Somebody comes to you and like, my grandma just died. You're like, yes, but at least, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> you can't, you can't say it to someone else. <laughs> you can't say it to someone else, but if you're the one in the moment or me and my husband, you know, experiencing this together that we could just kind of get even silly with it. After a while you get like brainstorming. So outrageous. You just come up with random stuff to say, cause you're kind of having fun with it at that point. Yeah. Like just see how crazy we could get, but at least, and it really makes it more bearable the situation you're in it makes it real it makes it just like you know what it definitely could be worse (laughs) it definitely could be better 
but we're just going to take it as it is. It is what it is. And we're going to move forward on this day. And it ended up being a beautiful experience after all. Like it was, it was great. We had a great trip home and it was fine. So little hack use, but at least, <laughs> I and love it'll help that. with whatever you're going through. You know, I was going to ask you like, what was the best advice that you have gotten <laughs> or was there anything, but, but I feel like you kind of just nailed it with the, but at least game. <laughs> yeah. That's really good. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. tell people where they can go if they want to listen to your show and uh, find you on social media or mm -hmm. anywhere else. Thank you. It is just Heidi's Lemonade Stand. Super basic. I spelled it Lemonade, A-I-D. So it's L-E-M-O-N-A-I-D because it's not a drink. It's not a lemonade drink. It's where you go to get help. You know, you get aid like Band-Aid. You kind of help you with whatever you might be going through. So it's Heidi's Lemonade Stand, and that's on all social media and my podcast, Heidi's Lemonade Stand, wherever you can find podcasts. And I've just compiled a top 10 of my podcast. Cause like I said, I've done almost 200 now and you know, people just want like those bingeable, just one after totally. another, like the most listened to ones. And so I just compiled that into Heidi's top 10 where I actually shared my own story on show 100. I did myself and kind of exposed my vulnerability and just, this is who I am. This is what I've been through and just be able to connect with people and know that I'm not perfect. I'm not, I'm a real person. I have days when it's hard and we struggle with things and we have loss and we have experiences. I have adult kids and they're going through life and navigating that and the stuff, yeah. that, you know, stresses mom out. <laughs> so of course. It's life. Yeah. But hopefully it's something that somebody could listen to and just feel uplifted by. And I'm always looking for more people to interview too, more stories that people want to share their own lemon to lemonade story. And can they contact you through your website? Yep. yep. Heidi's Lemonade Stand website or through my podcast. I have a link on there as well. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And guys, remember, it may not always feel like it, but you do have a choice. You can but at least your problems yeah. and, you know, like you can give five stars to this show. I'm, I mean, I'm not saying it's going to make you happy, but it'll probably make me happy. <laughs> <laughs> and guys, even if you are not nailing it this week, you're still going to get that participation trophy. Bye. Thank you.